uh okay so i think we have rishab as well um aditya i think we can start in a few minutes like uh, two or three minutes perhaps what do you think and rishab what do you think yeah. if everyone is ready we can just start immediately right mm we can start immediately if rishab also is comfortable yeah, yeah. i am comfortable so we can do it yeah 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 start ha huh. so um, welcome everyone this is the third session of glocalize uh, uh, glocalize uh, you can listen to glocalize sessions in bharat pacific substack.com like bharat pacific podcast uh, uh, platform uh, today we are going to discuss the re- ongoing pakistan political turmoil this has been like uh going on for very very long now like since the stepping down of imran khan government in pakistan in fact even before that um the things we are hearing in pakistan in some sense are very unprecedented like the uh, a civilian political politician civilian politicians challenging the military establishment challenging the discourse of the military establishment in pakistan uh, and few days ago imran khan was attacked uh, in his political rally uh, he was injured uh, in his foot and uh, uh, in a speech after uh, his uh, uh, injury he has blamed uh, prime minister interior minister and isi official uh, for the event uh he, he, in some sort he has also uh, compared the recent event to what happened in 1971 how uh, pakistani military establishment tried to suppress uh, civilian discourse at the time like how uh, emerging politicians at the time and how bangladesh became separate so a lot of unprecedented things many historical things being invoked uh, country is going through great turmoil so rishab abhivardhan who would like to take this discussion forward like rishab would you like to put in short like what's going on like why is this historic or like unprecedented yeah i'm audible yeah 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 yes okay uh hi uh, everyone uh just to put it in short uh it is historical because as you said that uh although many times or many times in the past we've seen civilian leaders uh you know uh, civilian leaders by the way who've been kind of uh, proteges or uh, uh you know uh, like kind of monsters of the making of the pakistan military itself they have uh, challenged uh, or ended up challenging the establishment so to speak uh but it is for the first time that a civilian leader is doing it and At, at the same time is able to convince a lot of people and put pressure on the establishment and apply enough pressure on the establishment that they are not uh, able to take any action uh, compared to what they would do probably 10 years ago or 5 years ago etc so it is historic in that sense as you said he has uh, not just mentioned uh, indirectly names of uh, people who are uh from the establishment so to speak but also named a uh, few generals etc uh, uh specifically as you pointed out uh uh, uh isi general major general uh, faisal 
and uh, others as well of course he uses a lot of uh, monikers uh, to refer to them uh, but it is clear at this point of time that the military basically doesn't know what to do right because at at one you know on the one hand uh, they've been kind of propping up this current government and they have of course as you as many of our listeners would know that on 27th of november uh, the current army chief he would be stepping down from his position right and at that moment of time the new government uh, would have to appoint the next chief but that of course uh, seems very unlikely as in at, at this moment of time uh, so yes the military is in a very bad position uh, uh, there could be you know some escalation of violence we've already seen an assassination attempt and as i've said in the past i don't think uh, it really matters as to who did it and i mean anybody who's been following uh, uh, you know the, the politics or pakistani politics for a very long time would have an idea that in general you know from the assassination of liaquat ali in 1951 to you know the assassination of benazir bhutto in 2007 uh, very few people uh, kind of uh, you know they, they, in, in very few of these instances do you have a conclusion of uh, an investigation and people are actually taken to task for it right so it really doesn't matter as to who has done it the point is what is going to be the immediate outcome of that and currently as we see uh, the answer is uh, very i mean it's not certain in a way uh, because we don't know what exactly is going to happen there's a lot of flux um i mean we can only make speculations about what kind of divisions are there in the army although of course there are some good enough signs or uh, visible enough signs uh, you know which which tell you that there is a split in the establishment and i think one of the things that which will make it absolutely clear that there is indeed a lot of factionalism going on in the car- in the current uh, institutional setup is if the government or the establishment fails to name a successor to general bajwa or maybe if general bajwa doesn't step down on november 27th because that's going to be interesting and you know we've already seen few generals and their names being you know thrown around uh, some of course in a deliberate fashion to make sure that you know they are damaged goods so to speak but yeah it, it is unprecedented in 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 that sense and uh, uh, we could of course also see uh, the consequences of this uh, being unprecedented um a lot of people of course uh, see this as uh, you know of course in india we see it as you know it's it's it's, it's all fun and games to watch uh, and you know of course we are all you know we have our own people who are looking at it and of course having a bit of a laugh so to speak but of course this is a serious matter um, you know and uh, we also have to understand that this is also a time where there's a lot of churn in the uh, general pol- body politic of pakistan right um uh it's 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 not just that it's all, it's it's a revolution which you know pti is going to bring etc etc it's also you know uh something you know it's a crisis of legitimacy and credibility for the army in general their credibility have never been challenged like this right i mean previously when they have chucked out civilian leaders they have kind of been able to discredit them and this time you know contrary to i mean uh, despite all their attempts they haven't been able to do that and and even if they have been able to do that i think they are still a little unsure as to what to do with this guy he's so unpredictable right so you know um 
in the end i think this these uh, this entire thing also has a lot of global implications it's not just domestic politics of pakistan and you've seen uh, in the recent events or in the recent months that you know even if we think that this is all about domestic power it's it's all about a domestic power grab and it is a power grab essentially but i mean imran khan is not trying to bring democracy etc he's 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 trying to lean on the establishment to get him into power so he wants to control the establishment not bring it down and create this you know kind of a, a perfect system so to speak but in the end we see that despite this being about domestic power politics um there's a lot of uh, foreign policy and debates etc which are sometimes used as tools right there is a lot of uh, you know differences uh, within uh, these all these uh, uh, different political entities and their stances in what happens remember i mean uh, the guy who's been caught who supposedly this loony bin like loon uh, this uh, lone wolf attacker who you know was apparently going to kill imran khan because you know he uh he thinks that he is committed blasphemy etc remember one thing he also mentioned was uh, the pro- prospects of opening up relationships or having a diplomatic relationship with israel right so uh, of course that is a very you know not the most important reason but the point is that even though this is a domestic situation i think there are a lot of dynamics at play there are a lot of differences between different political entities as to which way uh they have to take their country in terms of you know in terms of alignments the shifts that are happening in in pakistan in general and in the world of course so 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 rishad like as i said now this has been a sh- uh, showdown for a over a year now like this has been just going on and on and on and every month there is a call that okay finally this is it finally this is it finally this is it but like there is a incremental escalation in the conflict between imran khan and the military establishment but nothing has been decisive as yet like so do you think uh, after this uh, assassination attempt and imran khan's challenge indirect challenge to the military establishment will bajwa and the military establishment double down on crushing him or like will both sides let it incrementally simmer 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 till the next general elections in 2023 i mean i i still don't see the end game where is this going because every month i am hearing this stories like okay this is it this is it but like there, there has been like a dozen unprecedented unprecedented like the in courts like unprecedented unprecedented i have heard like that like for a dozen incidents till now yeah because it is all unprecedented it's not like uh, it's an exaggeration or it is unprecedented and uh, the one of the reason why it is unprecedented is because there is there is no solution to this right or the solutions which are there are going to be very costly for the country um i mean again it depends on who you think was behind the assassination but i mean i mean i think out of all the theories and uh all the reasons that are there uh one thing is very clear i don't think it was this random one guy this lone wolf so to speak who just went there because he wanted to you know um he wanted to take out imran khan because he insulted the prophet or something so i think uh, it is all in- unprecedented and one of the reasons why it's being dragged because no side or every side understands that uh it is a basically kind of a game of, game of chicken so to speak uh because all of them realize that you know escalating things are 
you know beyond a certain point is not in their favor i think the army understands it imran khan understands it right and of course others as well right of course the the pdm the coalition government they they of course feel that um for them it is important to have uh, the army on their side so that they can preserve uh pre- preserve power for a long time or at least you know till a time when all the all their uh, economic uh, uh, uh plans etc all these uh, programs and loans of course everything all the domestic steps they've taken they begin to you know uh, show some result right because they of course uh, have or at least are aware of uh, the sense of anti incumbency that is growing against them right so i think for them it is to basically make sure to cling on to power of course but also at the same time ensure that they are in a better position remember there are talks that nawaz sharif might return to uh, pakistan right so uh, they would want to be careful uh, as to uh, where they take it but of course for them it is to basically make sure that the army basically things or people in the army or most people in the military leadership understand what kind of threat imran khan poses to them although i'm sure most a lot of people in the ppp or in the pmln uh, understand or you know they themselves kind of hate the interventionist uh, uh, policies of the establishment so to speak right but i think most of them do understand that they kind of need the army as a crutch as of now to remain in power uh this i think most of them don't really want to accept the fact that that uh, you know there is a growing sense of popularity and there's a growing sense of anger against the government as well um so i think uh, what will happen is very difficult to predict but what i would say is this as i said before that it it may seem like it is there is always this sense of impending doom and you're right that um uh, you know things don't really seem to end it keeps going on and on but i think what you saw in, in the last few days especially with the uh, attempt on his life so to speak was the culmination of a lot of things right i mean it is kind of not blowing up because nobody wants to really blow you know blow things up i mean for for example imran khan basically if you saw his press conference yesterday he was kind of signaling the army signaling to the army that hey listen i'm still available i'm still up for negotiation he keeps saying this that you know abhi bhi time hai right that there's still time you know you can reverse these policies and we can have a discussion etc etc so i think um i don't think this can go for on for too long although i think some in the army people who are not just in the army by the way but security agencies as well would like to prolong it a little bit why because they will want to see whether you know by extending uh, this whole fiasco uh, they would hope that maybe in a few months or something that you know the support the anger the support that imran khan has the anger that he's able to generate might dissipate a little bit right so they they would want that okay let's let's make sure that this movement or this re- revolution for what he calls as haqiqi azadi etc you know that 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 tempo is kind of you know dampened right so i don't know where it will go um i really don't think that um there will be uh, i mean according to me i think there will be elections sooner rather than later i don't think they're going to wait till next year mid next year 
I think um, they will probably try to have it as soon as possible. Of course, that is uh, if nothing really happens, uh, something big doesn't happen like, you know, we saw in the last few days. Um, so I think uh, to the other point that, you know, whether military is going to double down, I think they already kind of, if you saw their um, statement, I think it is they realize now that this is getting out of hand. And and contrary to what a lot of people including myself, have been saying, um, I, I kind of now think that things are, the more dangerous it becomes for the army, the more people will start coalescing around the leadership. Because after a point, it will be really difficult to, um, you know, not take a side. And if it gets too much out of hand, then I think people on the top will crack a whip and a lot of people will fall in line. But at the same time, I will also say that... So, fall in line uh, towards Bajwa or against Bajwa? It's not about Bajwa. I think a lot of people have this, uh, you know, idea that it's it's just one person. I don't think it's one person. If you see, for example, um, uh, I've been hearing a lot of experts and and, 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 and I, I, I found this very interesting. Somebody did point out that, the, that when it comes to the divisions in the army, like we've crossed the peak, like... Um, now the divisions are not as sharp as they were. Uh, of course, last few days have changed few things. But I would what I what I what I'm trying to say is that if things really go ugly, right? If they if, if divisions really come out in the open, and that's why I said that the stepping down of Bajwa and November November 27th, right? That that succession that is going to decide everything. So that's what I said. Uh, that's what I meant when I said that, you know, by November 27th, I think we'll kind of have an idea as to what is to come. If you see General Bajwa kind of continuing with his tenure or maybe saying that, hey, listen, I need to just stay here uh, on a temporary basis because of, you know, extraordinary circumstances prevailing in the country, which, by the way, remember, Imran Khan has supported. He's in fact said that, that I'm OK with General Bajwa being there for a temporary kind of a, you know, by taking a temporary basis till uh, the political parties or at least, you know, un- unless there are elections and the new government should decide. Uh, so, of course, the new government would, the old government or the current government would want to, of course, choose an army chief. But as we see, uh, that's not as easy. Uh, one thing I do agree is that the military would not want to choose the army chiefs or, you know, have this uh, handing over to the next guy uh, without sorting out this mess. Because what you do with that is that you already know the power. There are power centers within the army. Um, who are, you know, there are pro uh, Imran Khan figures, right? Um, and if you, let's say, appoint somebody who is, you know, somebody who's been uh, a PMLN favorite or a PMLN pick or a PDM pick, right? That could create open divisions in the army, right? I mean, people might hate Bajwa at this moment, but the point is that uh, still he commands that much control and, and, and uh, respect within the ranks, or at least he's holding together the ranks as much as he can. And I, I don't see a new figure coming in, especially a one figure which will be very divisive uh, because, of course, he'll be, you know, not a consensus pick, as, as some people say. I mean, nobody is a consensus pick in general, but currently because there are two centers of power in, in, within politics and it is politics which is deciding uh, or challenging, challenging the authority of the army to, to decide who's the next chief. Uh, appointing a candidate now would be not a good idea, in my opinion, of course. 
but that's what i'm saying that it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on 27th and i think so, that will kind of give you an idea what will happen next so abhivardhan uh, are you there yes yes so uh, from the point of view of credibility or legitimacy of the army now having a blind faith over army has been like the thing since the assassination of liaquat ali khan like since mid 50s like it has been the my bap of pakistan the 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 reason why pakistani state thrived is army somehow maintained its legitimacy among the pakistani public now as it is being challenged i mean i have i have read some columns like how it was unprecedented and how it was playing defensive recently through the press conference like the uh, former former army journalist arshad arif was uh, killed accident now they say accidentally but uh, we know it's not accidentally in kenya by kenyan police and they gave it as a reason of like a mistaken identity but like they they had to literally do the press conference both the intelligence officials and army officials and explain that to the whole country what does what does this mean for the legitimacy of the army that that is the very core very core of the question right like legitimacy so the legitimacy of the pakistani army represents what pakistan calls itself calls itself like a civilization state right like i am making this like this but what i mean is that the pakistan army is at the core of pakistan as a state which simply means that uh, whatsoever are the political decisions whether in the judiciary whether in the executive branch whether it is the legislative bodies locally at, and at the national assembly the army anyhow unequivocally will have a role now what has happened at the core is because of all of this fuss and the political turmoil and of course the so called attempted assassination of imran khan as the media is trying to report at least we can say that the credibility was already being affected the only thing is that uh, while imran makes the reference of the 1971 situation rishab is absolutely right that it's not like the 1971 situation at all it's not that gruesome but this is like a test situation wherein uh um, imran khan is banking up to his electorate and whatever has happened at least shows that uh, the pakistani army has to relook on its relationship with the people it has to incentivize on creating some sort of you know some sort of coherence as far as the government of the day is concerned and that's not happening plus there are certain other situations in the state which are not in a i would say viable aspect like of of course the ttp situation the afghan pak border situation obviously there were floods in pakistan uh, uh just now the fatf restrictions have been lifted when it comes to the gray list but that g- does give some sort of relief but we have to see how they weigh down so i don't think their core is completely gone because uh the one aspect was that they were trying to also bridge out benefits from both the americans and the chinese we can't ignore that now even that they can't just you know internalize or capitalize that much because uh the monolith that they are actually trying to protect could actually be affected so it's very early to say but we can at least safely say that their credibility has been adversely affected like at least they have to mend and change their ways but is it like the 1971 situation it doesn't seem so so i think rishab can add more to it yeah 
yeah just before he adds just to inform like uh, pakistani electronic media regulatory has banned uh, media establishments from airing any of the pm uh, former pakistan prime minister imran khan speeches or like his rallies etc etc so basically army is trying to gradually double down on this uh, issue like they want to avoid imran khan the space media space so that's it uh, that's about it but uh, rishab like is there a silent majority in pakistan like we know that imran khan is really really popular like really popular but is that the noise on the street or like is there a silent majority that still don't want imran khan like no yeah no. if there is a silent majority do we know if there, there is, a is. Majority? i i don't know if it is a majority but there is a lot of people there are there are a lot of voices and i'm not saying voices in you know in terms of journalist or uh, academics etc civil society members but there is a lot of um, um you know uh, kind of anger as well as some level of frustration as to why this guy is uh, i mean of course as you guys kind of uh, already know that he is he himself and as much as he says he himself is kind of a, like a manufactured leader he's not a populist in a traditionalist sense he's not somebody who's uh, rose from the ground as as much as he he and his party supporters of course would have you believe uh, he is somebody uh, i mean if you if you know uh, how his party uh, first won in khyber pakhtunwa for example uh, you'd know what kind of uh, shenanigans the army had to do for him for him his party to get to get elected in the state legislature and you see of course in the lead up to the 2018 2017 2018 elections um how uh, he his party could not win an outright majority uh, it has to it had to really stitch up a coalition uh, which was by the way again a majority by the said but of course there is no denying that um he is or he has been gaining popularity he's been gaining a lot of followers right so yes i would say that it is not as though uh imran khan has no opposition or that it will be a very easy win if there is of course a fair and free and fair election which is of course um, you know uh, we we can't vouch on that but i would agree that it's it's not a given that he'll come back to power um uh, you know uh, without any opposition because remember in 2018 uh, when he was or he got elected there was no prominent leader to challenge him maryam nawaz at the time was uh, not a big leader right she had not stepped into politics uh, in a proper way as she is now bilawal bhutto of course was there but again he was not or he still not as big of, of a leader so to speak and nawaz sharif was absent and if for example you see uh, nawaz sharif come back right it could be something different right so again it kind of depends on when the elections actually take place because that again is going to be very important the, one of the reasons why imran khan is pressing on the election to happen as soon as possible uh, is because he senses that this time he can absolutely get or get an absolute majority something of course he wants he wants to leverage this position that he's found himself in and use that to kind of um, uh, get into government and form a government where he doesn't have to rely too much on the 
army in general i mean even though you know they have been on a collision course and they have fallen out as you would think uh, uh, you know in a way that you know probably you, you may think or we may think it's kind of unmendable but it's not really the case i mean there there can be negotiations and i'm i'm sure there are i mean if you if you listen to some of these insiders um, you know like najam sethi for example you'll see that there are signs that you know he's still willing to negotiate because again as i mentioned before he is not somebody who's trying to change the system he wants to game the system in his favor at least uh, for now i mean remember when he was being ousted through the no confidence motion uh it's not like he was being a total democrat right he 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 wanted the army to intervene he was taunting the army calling them animals right that how can you of course you know you you guys are not animals animals you know your animals are neutral men or humans are not neutral so in in some ways i feel that you know uh, we should not uh, you know take i mean of course he, i'll be very honest uh, he is very popular and he's gaining popularity and as i mentioned before that uh, now the more he's seen as a martyr the more he's seen as a revolutionary figure who's actually trying to change things he will become or gain more popularity but i do think that there are signs that it's not going to be as easy and uh, before i give it to you the last point that i want to make is that you know the army does not feel uh, nervous because it feels that okay you know we are you know it it, it comes across uh, some crisis of legitimacy in the provinces in fata in khyber pakhtunkhwa in balochistan what they really feel or what they really fear is losing some support uh, not just in electorally but also in terms of you know the narrative they're losing the narrative even in places like punjab you see in the by elections that you know imran khan has done quite well although of course there are some uh, signs i mean if you read actually the most recent round of by elections it's not like it, the, the news is that his party won 6 out of 7 seats but actually if you look at it uh, you know most of them were already pti incumbents so it's very difficult to gauge but i do think that the younger generation is um, kind of fed up with all the institution the judiciary they see that this is such a dysfunctional state and they see the pmln as a party of not corrupt individuals etc i mean of course some people do but they see them as status coast right and i think that is what is the biggest strength of mr khan right now that he's seen as a revolutionary figure right even though he might not be as revolutionary or he might you know i mean you know he might end up like a, a rob spear kind of a figure right so who knows but uh, i would say that yes uh, uh, right now he's very popular but given free fair elections um it's not going to be as easy as we think and this is why i think you know the debate in india has to be around these kind of things right understanding i mean i mean let's be honest most people who are talking about 1971 and vivisection and dismemberment of pakistan do they even know which state or which was the exact place where he got shot and which province was that which province is you know controlled by whom uh, these things matter right the fact that you know punjab is right now Uh, uh in 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 the hands of pti right uh, that's very important and and you see for example the the punjab chief minister by the way right he is somebody who's a establishment figure 
he's very close to the establishment there are a lot of rumors that he's not filing the fir or the fir is not being filed against the attackers um because uh, the, the 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 chief minister parvez ilahi is a little bit hesitant because he does not want to go to war with the establishment like others in the pti do remember there are factions within the parties pmlm pmln has a you know a very radical faction you have uh, even pti even within pti you have you know factions which are willing to you know very pro imran khan who will do whatever he says and there are some who try to you know game the system and you know kind of stay in between do not like you know upset the army too much so it's yeah i mean in in in, in overall guess he's very popular he'll probably win the election but i won't say it's a slam dunk not yet yeah like i want to add couple of points here like i mean i don't understand the long game here from the imran khan point of view for the simple reason that uh, by doing this by taking like a extreme gamble he may be able to rule or like enjoy the fruits of power for few years but what after that he, he like unlike nawaz sharif who has his brother his daughter like whose family can run if if the party is established well enough his family can enjoy the fruits of power for long but uh, after him a pta supporter will a pta supporter will actually counter by saying that that's the entire point imran khan doesn't want to do, you know rule for life and he's not yes, a dictator yes, he's not a yes, you know yes, dynasty yes, and what not but he's also not growing the party right there is no leadership succession in the party like imran khan is is the on, he's the only party basically there is no basically like yeah a, but that that doesn't that that's not their concern right now their concern is basically to tame the institutions and just come back to power and consolidate it's not that long term i mean if, i mean in pakistan politics nobody is looking that far i don't think that that really factors in ultimately yes you're right that you know he you have to and again this is again why nobody wants to escalate it beyond a point because they know that they have to live with each other at the end of the day i mean it's and this is this is why a lot of people think that it's oh it's just bajwa and amran khan no it's not it's the institutions and what they stand up for and what is being challenged what is it what what's at stake so that's the main thing this basically again means that if imran khan is not thinking that long term it basically means that it's square back to square one basically you are again going back to military establishment or we don't know where it will lead to basically oh, so what is there what is the alternative what what do you think will happen i don't think they are they are deluded enough to think that they are going to overthrow the military rule entirely and write a new constitution i don't think anybody is wanting to do that uh, uh, as i said and as everybody i think most people would understand that his first priority is to just come back into power and mend fences i don't think he's going to you know he has this i mean he says it that's that, that's just rhetoric uh, i mean what the last coming back mean then like does will, will it influence in any way like nawaz sharif coming back of course it does i think if he does come and there is a straight uh, fight Uh, which a lot of people in the army have been talking about you know they've been talking about a level playing field right saying that oh listen we have enough on our hands and you know what we're going to do is we're going to take a step back and we are going to have a level playing field we are going to be neutral but again they're not being neutral i mean i'm no imran khan supporter right although if you are an indian there are good reasons to be one but uh you 
you do kind of understand even looking from the outside that they are not being neutral right the fact that i mean i mean let's i mean let's be honest here right um even if he was not uh, you know uh, ousted by this conspiracy we know that the army does do a lot of defection or engineer defection and you know have a lot of rain in, in terms of policy um we see for example in the last few uh, weeks and months you've seen for example not just journalists who have been close to imran khan being killed but some of them actually leaving the country right you see for example today one of the senators of, of pti right a very senior member who by the way was in trouble with the army uh, in early october or even before that right he has now today come out uh saying that uh, the army i mean he was under arrest recently that you know the army or the security agencies uh have blackmailed him based on certain video recordings etc that they have procured of his and his wife um you know so and again there's a lot of uproar against all of this and and it's quite bipartisan i think if i was a pakistani citizen i think i would ask myself and again this is something which is you know which is really utopian to some extent but the best thing for me would of course if you are a democrat and you don't love the army in such a fashion in a crazy fashion you would want the two sides to kind of understand that this is a historic moment where two parties like both sides have a kind of you know the army is on the back foot now the ideal thing of course for them to do is to come and make a deal and push or at least pressurize the army to basically abdicate their traditional role and do what armies generally do of course that's too far fetched i don't think that will happen but i do think that you know uh, it's clear that he is being punished uh, i don't think that you know imran khan can be blamed for a lot of thing that's been happening recently i mean people being jailed people being tortured his speech is being censored his uh, uh, you know senators being picked up here and there you know people i mean i have seen interviews of pakistani channels where the the moderators are being warned that please hey don't cross the line right it, i mean it's absurd as i mean we have our own problems but it's just absurd to see people say that hey you know what i think we're crossing a line while being live right so i don't know i don't know what exactly will uh, you know how how things will turn out but one thing is for sure that there are a lot of possibilities and nobody can actually predict as to what happens uh, from an indian point of view as i've said in the past i think we should just wait and watch and actually we don't have many options to begin with the people think that this is something that we can control even the people who are in charge of this whole thing basically cannot able i mean it's 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 not something that you can control from the top or just you know try to meddle with it's not that easy it's so complicated pakistani politics is very complicated so um yeah to some extent i would say you know nobody thinks that long term uh but i read some read, read some pakistani analysts say this that if nawaz sharif comes back and there is this imran khan wave will they want to use nawaz sharif because if nawaz sharif loses to imran khan he's done they're done right so a lot of people are saying maybe shabash sharif should take the mantle and maybe use nawaz sharif's return for a better time when they are more politically in a better position because now they seem very vulnerable 
I did think like uh, even I thought for a second uh, like uh, yesterday that uh, what if Nawaz Sharif and Imran Khan had a deal and they can during this moment they can just end the military establishment but I don't think they you know it's you know I don't think they people, are you know a lot of people are actually saying this that a lot of what so uh, earlier it was that okay I'm going to I'm going to appoint the the, the chief of staff now imran khan's position has kind of like he has you know there's been a climb down now it's now i mean again nothing can be confirmed totally but uh, people who follow uh, pakistani politics would kind of have an idea there has been rumors that um, what they have offered to the government is that okay let's do one thing let's decide the next chief by consensus okay and then let's have at it let's have an election so to speak or at least uh, come up with a list of people that we will not appoint for now so basically uh, you know all the people or potential people who can usurp power and you know again it's very difficult to gauge who, what will happen but of course all these parties know certain individuals within the army and we've seen already some names being floated by pmln etc very unfortunate of course for these generals because they get tied up in in all this but again um there is a possibility of that but but i don't think again the establishment you know which is basically a euphemism for the security agencies and the army uh, will let it happen so easily because that will mean relinquishing not just power but some having some sort of civilian oversight which as you all know and maybe everyone here knows that that means a lot of secrets or skeletons stumbling out you know from 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 the cupboard so you know i i it's it's one can be hopeful but i don't think that's going to happen so coming to the last point abhivardhan what do you say from the external view point like what is india thinking china thinking and us thinking with regard to the current pakistan uh, uh, crisis like and where does the afghanistan or taliban fit in i mean these are all very broad points again each needing a very long space maybe rishab uh, you and abhivardhan can close on these points like what it means for taliban india china and us so um, in a nutshell yeah in a nutshell i will just say that um, the situation is uh, diabolical so um from an indian point of view i guess they would of course focus on seeing how much risk uh, you know how much risks are actually going up like what's the level of it what's the degree of it and uh, this reminds me of uh, something which rishab actually tweeted about some time ago which was i think an article published by times of india in which uh, former isis chief asad durani talks about a long thing which the south block always thinks that if pakistan as a state exists but it remains in turmoil in some way or the other it always benefits india and that's something which is a very commonly known thing for india i mean even in popular narratives and you know cultural political narratives we'd say that you know <clears throat> in certain aspects when pakistan is in turmoil it's good for indian interests uh for the us the thing is uh, they are currently going to the midterms and we will discuss the us midterms so their focus is on pakistan i don't think their focus is gone 
as far as Biden and Blinken are concerned, uh, because uh, Secretary Blinken is also keen to see how Pakistan will react. Um, from a Chinese point of view, um, again, it has to unfold. So I think both U.S. and China are looking at their situation in Pakistan as to how will they, you know, find way alongside. Uh, maybe I guess uh, due to the situation in Pakistan, because if the situation would not have been that worse after Imran Khan was quote unquote ousted from power, um, it could have been said that maybe the Chinese could have got certainly more escalation through Pakistan, you know. To promote CPEC, but that's a long story. I mean, I don't think CPEC will go pretty well. And then, yes, the Taliban, the Talibs, of course, can uh, manage things up with the Chinese. But then again, Pakistan comes in, and so I think for US and China, we still have to see how it goes on. The call is not early to be taken. For India, I don't think much changes. Um, but we have to again, I think, very commonsensically look at the border situation alongside. But I think it don't it doesn't affect much. So, but le but let us see. I mean, uh, the current Israeli elections are interesting. Uh, if Netanyahu is coming back, let us see what happens. Well, he already, uh, won. He already won. He already won. Yeah, Just for exactly. Yeah. So he, I think he has already won. So uh, let us see because there was some report. I am not sure about it, so I am already saying it. Rishabh can verify it, or maybe if you know about it, that. Uh, Donald Trump was actually thinking that there were this number of Muslim countries, Islamic countries, who could be, you know, included in the Abraham Accords framework. So, of course, of course, that's not happening with, with Pakistan. But I think it's a turmoil situation, so it can be checked how this can go ahead. So, yeah, so yeah. So, so Rishabh, the final question is to you: Like, uh, China, China has lot of interest in Pakistan. I mean, the for its security thing. Uh, for the success of its BRI, I mean, recently it has finished the third-party congress. So uh, China wants to consolidate its power over the Indo-Pacific. Now, it, it's stunning that we never hear what China's role will be in this turmoil, like what they want actually. And the second point is, where does Taliban fit in under this turmoil? Like, wh wh where does the basically China and Taliban question again? It comes back to that. How? how how come China that that's so invested that there is so much stake for it, uh, stake for its ambitions in Pakistan? We never see any reportage on like what it wants under these circumstances. I I think we don't see reportage because they know how to. Uh, I mean, first they they have their people. Uh, uh, you know, they they know how to deal with the Pakistani state the people in charge right uh, so we don't see a lot of news etc because that's of course not the chinese way uh, in general uh, in terms of how they deal with other countries but with pakistan specifically um, they have channels with different stakeholders um, i i do think that what uh, imran khan's uh, you know when when he was being ousted uh, when he was you know uh, being the challenged, uh, so to speak. Um, I did mention this before, but just to, you know, uh, uh, emphasize on this, that foreign policy did become a factor. A lot of people, as you guys would have uh, seen or uh, noticed that Bajwa, etc. were, Bajwa or some, some elements of military leadership were kind of trying to uh, balance relationships, not with, not just with India, 
uh, or at least have a dialogue with india but also balance their relationship or at least their dependence uh, when it came to us and china they didn't want to get in between you know these two powers so to speak and we still haven't and of course in india we don't talk about these things because of course you know uh, we have to liberate balochistan etc all that but um, we have to very closely watch what exactly happens like we talk about the warming of us pakistan relationship or at least some semblance of uh, recalibration we have to also notice what china or how china behaves or what china reacts how china reacts now for now there hasn't been anything major um, when you look at of course uh, you know that pakistani prime minister shahbaz sharif was one of the first leaders to meet xi jinping uh, in in china uh, after the party congress right that says something um pakistan needs china china also needs pakistan but you see and there is a kind of you know um see these things don't come out there in 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 public but there is an undercurrent or there are a lot of you know uh, rumors or let's say talk murmurs of uh some sort of uh understanding which the army or people in the army have kind coming i mean come to understand that um uh, they cannot align too much with on the chinese side because they understand that for a lot of reasons they will still have to depend upon the west and in that sense you saw for example bajwa go to the us meet all the high meet uh, secretary austin meet uh, you know uh, other uh, leaders um, so there was kind of like a message that you know he wanted to mend fences and even imran khan actually was meeting a lot of people uh, you know trying to parley with think tanks through advocacy and 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 and, and lobbying groups trying to basically send messages to the us establishment that hey listen you know we can come up or we can build some sort of a working relationship so i would say that there is again a lot of um, flux and i think no government uh, especially when the the situation they are in i mean let's be let's remember that these people or the government right now is not just depending on the imf or the world bank but they are also depending on idb for loans now it's not just you know uh, structured loans for the economic condition for prop- propping up the currency etc but there is also aid or necessary aid required for the devastation of the floods i mean remember almost 30 35 billion dollars worth of loss has happened agriculturally and you know in other places of course uh, industry has been affected so they have to kind of be very careful i don't think anybody is going to come to power and take any drastic decisions but of course because imran khan has you know started his whole revolution based on this conspiracy it is going to be very difficult for him to kind of distance himself again but again now that whole anti american conspiracy is being sidelined and now he has got that platform to kind of make it about democracy and revolution and what not right but i do think again uh, chinese are waiting and watching at this moment but i i do think that the chinese do sense that there is some sort of uh, uh, kind of um some sort of urgency within the army or at least within the elements of the army to balance between us and china and i think some of them 
understand that you see for example in their joint statement they emphasize on the security of the chinese uh, citizens and workers very emphatically compared to what they do in normal circumstances and again there is good there is good reason for them to do that uh, i mean it's not a dunk on pakistan but also because there have been uh, you know uh, very prominent attacks on chinese citizens uh, when it comes to taliban um, taliban i think again is there is no mo- taliban is not a monolith there are different factions a lot of them are in bed with the isi as we all know uh, but at the same time do remember that taliban or a large part of taliban leadership is uh, has had a lot of friction uh, from the uh, you know on the border right with the pakistanis there has been uh, uh, you know air raids against uh, you know Uh, uh afghanistan army uh, we, there have been sniper attacks uh, from afghan side towards the pakistan pakistani army there of course is again the ttp which is terrorizing pakistan like never before right in the fata region remember there are negotiations happening right now from the, in the from the tribal jigras uh, where the khyber pakhtunwa province right the fata region they have been wanting or they have been asking uh, for autonomy from the pakistani state but of course no party wants to uh, give autonomy so to speak this is like basically think of like what if the valley tomorrow like from the indian perspective what if the valley tomorrow says you know when we want our special status back right and again one thing that you have to remember is that of course we control the valley uh, very properly i mean currently speaking i mean currently we we know what kind of control the army has there but the fata region is not really controlled by pakistan even today in a very proper or in the traditional sense they have very limited amount of sovereignty right so a lot of interesting things happening but i do think that that i don't think taliban is necessarily uh, you know they they don't have a horse in this race but i do think that because of some things that imran khan has said in the past you know everybody knows that he's made very sympathetic sometimes which are of course outrageous comments with regards to taliban you know but i don't think they are they're much concerned because again i think most of them realize that the underlying security state of the pakistani you know the pakistani state right the establishment is not going to go away and even if the civilians government come into power there is a deal or something um they are not going to have that much uh, power uh, or at least in the initial stages if that happens so to speak uh, they're not going to have that much power to change the course of foreign policy and this is one of the reasons why i think india pakistan relationship are also uh, going to be kind of more or less the same because if an I mean, everybody knows that Bajwa was trying to do something, or at least start a dialogue. I mean, imagine a new um, army chief coming in uh, with Pakistan in Pakistan. Do you think he will be pushing for peace with India or dialogue with India? Absolutely not. The moment any political entity says, "Let's talk to India," it will the other side will be attacking it, saying you are basically ignoring the. uh quote and quote sacrifice of the kashmiri muslims and you're giving in to pa- india etc etc because remember pakistani army and all the political parties have had a very maximalist position on this that unless and until unless and until india doesn't withdraw right all these provisions right basically restore status quo in the state of jammu and kashmir we will not talk right so that's the whole point i think foreign policy is at the center of all this it is being used 
to attack each other right but i don't think any country particularly would want to get into it and this is one of the reasons why i feel very um, surprised how some indians feel that we apparently can have or do something special or have this special capability to create you know extra level of chaos i mean things are so fluid that we don't even know what kind of chaos uh, you know we might end up creating i mean again i keep asking all of my friends again you all know uh, what kind of exactly uh, action do people in india want to take against you know what's happening right now so i i, I that's a little you know i mean uh, there's this little bit of bluster and loose talk but i think um, foreign policy wise foreign policy will be used as a tool but i don't think anybody would have the power or authority to have or make you know a huge decisions at least in the short, short term yeah just to comment like uh, friends in india wishing something it comes from like a two different perspective right one perspective is like jab loha gara mein hatoda mar do perspective the other perspective is like just wait and watch sometimes doing nothing is is the best course of action so these are two different perspectives but like yeah no but no but i'm sorry i'll, I'll have to push back against that you know it's easy to say you know you know hatoda garam hai mar do what is mar do and what and what and do you do we do we know what kind of do we actually know the objective of what we are trying to you know suggest i mean we first we don't we are not specifying how do we do like what are the instruments we are going to use and secondly you're not even talking about the objective if you're saying that okay we want to extend or prolong the turmoil in pakistan right i mean my point is the crisis itself is not ending no i mean what more i mean <laughs> you know after the point you'll have to think that uh, the crisis itself i mean right now the crisis that there is in pakistan it's 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 affecting the social the political atmosphere but the pakistani state is absolutely as it was before right so trying to do any you know i don't i don't know what this means this this you know let's do this let's do that i i don't think people understand what they are proposing like i'm all for i'm not a you know you you know me i'm not a i'm not a dove i'm a hawk on when it comes to pakistan but i would like to understand the contours of what we are suggesting maybe then probably i think people like me or some others will want to see as to okay fine this is something that we can do and again when it comes to the spook side of things i think those things keep happening i mean wo to hame pata hi nahi hai detail mein so there is no point of speculating right but it when, when it comes to foreign policy and when it comes to border i mean you know and i think abhivardhan also knows that there is not much that we can do at the border and as i mentioned before and i think we most most of you will agree that anything in the border right now will basically be a gift to the army it will be like a rallying you know rally around the flag kind of a thing for the army they will have that common enemy it will be a great great excuse for them to crush everything that is all the um, uh, protest and all the you know anger that is that is there they will, they would they would like i mean we know the underpinnings of pakistan and the pakistani society is basically anti india right so it is and being anti indian you know rallying people around it is the easiest thing that can they, they can do for us even when you say that i want to ferment more trouble or you know exasperate the existing turmoil i think the best way to do is just let things be not because you know i'm being defensive but because things are already becoming or going out of control right 
so i mean again i would be open if you you know if anybody you or somebody else uh, says as to what they are you know. i i agree with your viewpoint in the sense that i don't think indian state as such has enough capacity to dictate terms in pakistan uh, uh, in its entirety so there are different players and actors we may just uh, uh, i don't know what indian what are the options that india has at present so like uh, uh in addition to like the general things like okay let's prop up the separatist movements let's prop up this that we in fact try with tried uh, uh, I, but but you know don't you don't you think we are already doing some of this especially in balochistan yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean that's what i am thinking so what specifically more can be done uh, that we don't know that's the thing like no one is even arguing specifics in the columns like the people who may follow closely on the ground the reporters or like the people uh, keep us at the reporters even the think tank uh, intellectuals i think uh, you know the only thing you know from i i what i think one thing is one thing that we all should realize is pakistan is going to be distracted for a long time no matter how this ends so pakistan will not have its guard down but what will what will happen is that it will you know it will not do anything too risky i mean again i'm not saying it's going to pull back um, you know they have been remembered grey listed recently uh, which again by the way there are a lot of uh, uh, misunderstanding about the grey listing process as well uh one day maybe we'll touch upon it later but um uh, i think one of the reasons and i mentioned this before one thing that india can do is use this time to consolidate whatever we are doing in kashmir this is the moment you know we know pakistan is distracted we know cost for pakistan cost of pakistan you know doing something uh, crazy is going to be very high they have to depend on aid they have to you know go with a begging bowl in front of not just the us and the west but everywhere and we have the diplomatic leverage right now to ensure that pakistan doesn't try to do something funny so to speak so we have established a very good you know counter insurgency grid we know that um, any attacker or anyone which is attacked by any militant yes there are targeted killings of especially of minorities in the valley but you see that in 2 3 days those people are brought to justice right that suggests that you know our intelligence and our capacity in that area has kind of gone up yes it has come at the cost of you know sacrificing a lot of freedom personal freedoms of kashmiris and that is unfortunate but at the same time i think we have some time to build on these gains and try to ensure that whatever gains that we have made we consolidate on them and you know in a in the most crudest way possible make sure that the idea the notion that a lot of kashmiri especially the you know the militants or terrorists so to speak have you know they always rely on pakistan i think we have to remove that notion or the idea that pakistan is coming to help and i think a lot of people and there has been a sense of despondency if you follow the chapter they know that pakistani help is not coming and of course now that the grey listing has happened there could be a tick in infl- infiltration etc but i do think it will not it, it it's not going to be something i mean it's, we can handle whatever is coming basically right a lot of people said that oh after afghanistan you know we'll go i mean i was one of them i also thought that you know there's going to be a huge uh, spate of violence uh, fortunately that has not been the case um, of course we should not be complacent but all i'm saying is that in the next one or two years pakistan is going to be financially economically politically socially in terms of the separatist movements their administrative setup 
everything is going to be in a little bit of turmoil right at least for the next one or two years we have the time to make sure that we build and basically meaningfully try to you know consolidate the gains we've made in kashmir i think that's the best thing we can do right now rather than trying to do anything funny so yeah so that's it for today i think abhivadan do you want to close the session including like the technical details where people can find it and all definitely so <clears throat> i have shared uh, a tweet uh, which actually uh, can take you to our website bharatpacific.com also you can hear all our episodes of internationalism gp and everything in bharat pacific at <clears throat> anchor.fm/indopacific um you can also find us by just googling us like you can go to google and you can just type the bharat pacific or bharat pacific and you'll find our portals on spotify amazon music like literally everywhere on all major podcast including apple but for an easy note you can go to bharatpacific.com you can find all the links on the home page and you can go there watch our videos and listen everything we will upload this recording not on youtube but on anchor and spotify uh, maybe by tomorrow or maybe by uh, you know in a few days but you will get everything there so thank you thank you everyone